Um, today we are wrapping up on the series that we've been in for the last three weeks called Disruptions. And uh, I hope it's okay, but we're going to kind of have a little bit of a Christmas message this morning. And, uh, and, and just speaking of disruptions, this might disrupt your thinking a little bit. Most Bible scholars actually believe that Jesus was born in June or July. And so, uh, but I'll explain to you in a little bit why this is kind of a Christmas sermon this morning. But um, we've been in this series called Disruptions, looking at how, how God is a God who, the longer you follow Him, the more you realize that He dis- will, will come along and disrupt how we do things and disrupt our lives. Um, I'm a guy who, who appreciates order um, in my home to a certain extent. And I say um, to a certain extent because I know that sometimes when it comes to order and organization, all that kind of stuff, it's kind of relative, right? Like what I think is order, what I think is organized, someone else would come along and go, your house is chaos, Rich. Um, we all have a different idea um, of what order is and isn't. And there's, there's, there's a constant clash between what one person thinks is order and what another person thinks is order. And this plays out in my home all the time. There are, are multiple fronts in my home where the clash between one person's idea of order and another person's idea of order plays out. Um, it happens in the recycling bins. I think I've talked about this here before, how um, my idea of order, which I think makes sense, is that the cardboard goes with the cardboard, and the plastic goes with the plastic, and the aluminum goes with the aluminum. You know, you have the, the, the red, white, and blue bins, and it just makes sense to me that that, that would go in that, that way, right? That's how the sanitary service wants us to order our bins, right? But there are others in my home that think order is simply helping the cardboard and the plastic make its way somewhere to the vicinity of the recycling bins. And, and it kind of can build up this little pile every once in a while around the bins. Um, if they're feeling motivated, they'll just, they'll, they might find one of the bins to put it in, doesn't necessarily have to be in any particular order, just as long as it makes it um, into any bin, any bin will do. Another place where this, the the clash of ideas of what order plays out in my home is the the drawers in the cabinets. In my mind, cups should go with cups, teacups with teacups, coffee cups with coffee cups, bowls with bowls, plates with plates. There should be some order there, right? But then there's others where it's just not like that. Order is simply finding a cabinet to put something in. But, but easily the most epic battleground in my home for the order clashes, can anybody guess? The dishwasher. And just thinking about how most people in my home puts things in the dishwasher causes tension to grow inside my chest. It makes me tense. Um, this morning, I went to grab something out of the dishwasher. We were out of forks or something, and and there were actually three glasses laying sideways on the top shelf in the dishwasher. And it stresses me out and, and makes me uneasy. And I was actually going to get a picture to show you the chaotic it can be, but I don't want to just dump all that stress and tension on you this morning. You come here for a reprieve. And so, but I, I've realized over the years that in order to survive and keep the harmony in my home, I have to be okay with disruptions to the order that, that I wish to have. If I got stressed and if I got angry, every time I go into the, the utensil drawer and, and a tablespoon was with a teaspoon, if that would always stress me out, I would be an absolute basket case here this morning before you. 
And, and, and so, but I like order, but I hesitate to say that I'm a guy who loves order because I know that someone will go, really rich? I'd have never guessed. You would go in my garage and, and, and you would go, man, this is total chaos. But others would walk in my garage and go, oh, you've actually got bins and shelves and stuff. Your idea of what order is would clash probably with what my idea of order is. And odds are that if we were to spend enough time together, eventually one of us would cause a disruption in the other person's order. There would be a clash. And now for the most part, it's okay when my idea of order clashes with your idea of order, but where it's never a good thing for our idea of order to clash with someone else's idea is when it comes to God's order of things. And here's why. God's order is always good. All others are bad. God's order leads to life. All others lead to death and destruction. God's order is designed, get this, not to make your life miserable, but God's order is designed to make your soul, your life flourish. All others will make it eventually wither. The Bible says, as for God, His way, or you could say His order, His way is perfect. Uh, Proverbs 12, 28 says, The way of the godly leads to life. That path does not lead to death. And whenever you disrupt God's order, whenever your idea of order clashes with God's idea of order, it will always, always end up bad for you. Because God's order actually works for you. Every other way of doing things will work against you. And if you were to pull back and kind of take a, a broad perspective on history, um, you would see that history has actually been a constant clash of orders. It's God's order, which is good, disrupting the, the world's order, which is bad. And right from the very beginning of time, we see this clash. The Bible says in the very beginning, the earth was formless, empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. There's no form. There's no order. It's just dark. It's empty. But darkness is about to be disrupted. God, who's a God of light, who's a God of life, is about to clash with darkness. The Bible says, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. He takes the chaos, he takes the disorder, and what does he do? He disrupts it. He creates order. He creates the heavens and the earth. He creates mankind and all that's good. But before we're even out of chapter 3 in the Bible, there's another clash of orders, only this time it's evil disrupting. Evil, the devil himself, enters the garden. He tempts the men and the women. They give him to sin, and God's good order is disrupted. The Bible says it like this. It says sin is a major disruption of God's order. It disrupts. It brings brokenness. It brings chaos. And whenever we find ourselves living in a place of brokenness, of hopelessness, of fear, despair, like we talked about last week, it's a result of God's order being disrupted, whether directly by you or indirectly from somebody else. But what happens over and over and over again throughout all of Scripture is God sees us living life our way. He sees us broken, devastated, whatever that place is that we're in, and He comes along and He disrupts the disorder. Adam and Eve sin. He speaks life into their brokenness. He disrupts it. 
He makes a way for them to continue to have relationship with, with him. He gives them a promise. After many years, mankind becomes so self-indulgent that everything they did, the Bible says, was corrupt and full of violence. So what does God do? He loves them too much to let them stay that way. So he comes along and he disrupts. He sends a flood to draw them back to himself, to reestablish life-giving order to humanity. But before long... What happens? Mankind is at it again, trying to be like God, disrupting His order. They're building this big, massive tower up to God to t attempt to reach God. They're establishing order that looks pretty. It goes good in travel magazines, but it's not God's order. So what does God do? He comes along and He disrupts. He gives everybody a different language. Can you imagine how disrupted it, disruptive it would be this morning if when you get up to leave, you realize that you have a different language from somebody else, and you quickly realize that there are multiple, everybody's got a different language. That would be very, very disruptive. And that's exactly what God, God does. And, and it's the, the path of, of Scripture over and over again. Evil disrupts God's order. God loves us too much to let us stay there, so He comes along and disrupts. And He brings us back to Himself. And I wish I could say that this, this back and forth clash between orders only happen in the Scripture, but when I pause and I have some honest self-assessment and look at my own life, I can see how it's very, it, it's often happened in mine as well. In fact, if I look, if I go back over my life, and there's, there's little disruptions in life, but then there's also major disruptions in life. And if I look back over my life at all the major disruptions that have happened in my life, I can see how God has, in every, every time, He has worked through those to, to reorder my life around His way. And last week, I shared a little bit about how when I was a, t I was a teenager, there was this, I, I dealt with a ton of insecurity, rejection, little sense of, who I was, where I was going, but then God disrupted the, the darkness in me. He called me to himself. I put my faith and trust in him, started walking God's way, reordering my life. But then in my, in my, my 20s, I got stuck in some sinful, self-centered living. I, I had Jesus in my life, but there was this emptiness because I was trying to order my life my way and not his way. But then he disrupted my life through the power of his grace, brought me back to himself. Still, though, there were some things in my life that were just ordered around me, that were broken, that were messed up. Um, I'd established deep down inside my soul some of these, these, these worldly ways of doing things. Um, it was me trying to win God's approval in my own strength. It was me striving to make God happy through my, uh, my performance. And it was debilitating. And did God just leave me there? No, God actually came along in dramatic fashion that we don't have time to get into this morning and, dis and disrupted my brokenness. Ultimately helping me see the light, see that it's not what I do that brings his approval, it is what Jesus did that brings his acceptance. He disrupts. And when I look back on my life and all the disruptions there have been, I can just see how God is constantly disrupting my way of doing things in order to get me on track with his way. Disruptions get me out of my worldly ways of thinking and move me into godly ways of thinking. Disruptions move me from relying on myself to relying on Him. Disruptions get me out of survival mode that we can all get in so often, just trying to survive, just trying to just 
make a paycheck and just get by. They, they move me out of survival mode into flourishing and thriving mode. Disruptions take me from small, rich-centered living and open me up to a place of big, purposeful, Jesus-centered living. Disruptions take me off the broad path that leads to destruction, and they, they bring me onto the narrow path that leads to life. And because He's a good God, He disrupts our way of living to bring us to His way of living. And we don't always like this about God. If we're honest, we don't always like it about Him. Why? Because, because we want God to bring peace in order to our circumstance, but that was actually never the reason why He came. He came instead to bring peace in order to our hearts. It's a big difference. He didn't come to bring peace in order to our circumstances. He ultimately came to bring peace in order to our hearts. And if He has to, to if He has to totally disrupt our circumstances to do it, that is exactly what He's going to do. In fact, Jesus even said it. This was one of the reasons. Get this. He said it's one of the reasons why He came. Listen to how how the message paraphrases John or Luke chapter twelve verse forty nine. This is Jesus speaking. I've come to start a fire on this earth. How I wish it were blazing right now. I've come to change everything, turn everything right side up. You could say reordering everything. How I long for it to be finished. Do you think I came to smooth things over and make everything nice? Not so. I've come to disrupt and confront. He's changing things. Disrupting things. And is it because he enjoys disrupting things and making life difficult and disrupting our comfort and disrupting how our, our life of ease and, 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 and safety? And, is, is, that, is that why? No, it, it's because he's turning everything right side up. Our way, our order is wrong side up. It's forks in the spoon drawer, cups with the bowls. It's sadness where there should be joy. It's addiction where there should be freedom. It's brokenness where there should be wholeness. And, and Jesus is not about leaving us there. He's not about allowing us to stay in that place. He loves us and cares too much about us. And so what does he do? He comes along and he disrupts. He disrupts. Originally this series, like I said, was going to be... Uh, um, well, originally it was going to be a Christmas series. And uh, this last Christmas, I was, I was just kind of, well, before Christmas, was just planning out what we're going to do for Christmas and was reading through, um, you know, the, the, the birth of, the, the accounts of the birth of Jesus and Matthew and Luke. And I was just, uh, it stood out to me more than it ever has, just the amount of disruption that happens um, in this, the, the story. First, there's Zachariah and Elizabeth. You know, these, these two, two people that are this, this married couple that is, they're, they're well into retirement years. They're, they're just enjoying the, whatever happens in those, those latter years of life. You know, probably just taking their, their, their time, just enjoying the gardening and enjoying the sun. Probably, I don't know what they did back in ancient Israel in the latter years of life, but I imagine it wasn't a whole lot different, just going slow, um, just taking it easy. And then God comes along and says, hey, I know you're getting up there in years. I mean, they're, they're up there. And he says, hey, uh, just so you know, you're going to have a baby. That's disruption. And then there's, the, the, there's Joseph. He's getting ready to, marry, to be married to Mary, and he's 
He's just this young guy starting out in life, holding down a job as a carpenter, honest, hardworking guy. God comes along and disrupts and says, hey, uh, your fiance is pregnant um, with a really important baby. And then there's the shepherds, right? Like here, it's just another night out there. They're just doing their job, minding their business, out there in the fields, doing what, what they do. And, and like Moses, who was also a shepherd, they, they too saw this unusual light in the, in the night sky. But this time it wasn't a burning bush. This time it was a heavenly host of angels disrupting their world and telling them that, that history had changed, that a savior had been born. And it doesn't stop there. There's the wise men. Their lives are disrupted by this mysterious star in the sky. And off they go on this big global adventure to, to, to find this, this star. And then of, of all the people, though, in the Christmas story whose lives were disrupted, I don't think anybody's life was disrupted as much as Mary's. She's doing what all ladies do when they're engaged. She is excitedly planning a, 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 a wedding, dreaming about being married to Joseph, what their lives and their family is going to look like. She's, she likely has all the things just mapped out in her mind what it's going to look like. She's got the order all up there and the, the plan's all in place. And then you know how the story goes. God is about to seriously disrupt all of that. And the Bible says the angel went to her and said, Greetings to you who are highly favored. I'm going to come back to that in a second. The Lord is with you. And, and of course, with angelic visits not being the norm for anyone, including Mary, the Bible says Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found—here's this word again— you found favor with God. And the angel goes on to tell her about how she's going to conceive and give birth to Jesus, and he's going to be a king who will reign forever— and of course, this is highly disruptive. Her whole world has just been completely, seemingly turned upside down. Not only is she unexpectedly pregnant, she's pregnant outside of marriage, which was cause for being a social outcast in her day. And this is disruptive in that her child isn't just going to be any child. Her child is going to be the greatest child in all of history. Mary's ordered world and well-ordered future is being torn down. It's disruptive. As we've seen in this series, the, the natural response to disruptions that God will sometimes bring in our, in our lives is rarely jumping up and down for joy. It's rarely just fully embracing whatever God is doing in that moment. No, we, it, it's pushback. Why? Because we like our ordered lives. We like doing things our way. We don't want disruption. And, and we've all bought into this myth that we can control our lives— Mary's response to this disruption, she says, how will this be since I am a virgin? And, and I love how you, you get this glimpse into Mary's humble spirit and that she's apprehensive. She has some doubts. She has some, some questions, but she doesn't just flat out say, no way. This is not going to happen. She, she, she's apprehensive, but She's still humble in, in how she responds. The angel answered that the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month for no word from God will ever fail. And how does Mary respond? This classic, beautiful response. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Kind of makes you want to sing Silent Night, doesn't it? No? Okay. 
Um, as we wrap up this, this morning and we conclude this, this series, there are some of you listening whose lives are being so disrupted right now. And the order that you had established, the way that you have of doing things is in upheaval. And it's like the waters of your soul, you know, at least on the surface, um, have been mostly calm. You know, picture a lake and flat, but it's like a massive boulder has been dropped into the middle of those calm waters, and it's just turbulence and waves and splashing and all that kind of stuff. And let's be honest, this can be a, a scary, unsettling place to be. You don't know where this, this leads. Uh, think about Mary. You don't, you've never been here before. All, all that you've known seems to be shaken. It's confusing. It's like, it's like you've got this, the, the, the needle of your inner compass is just like spinning around and around and around and around and around, and, and it's, not, it's not finding a place to, to anchor to land. It's stressful because all the structures and all the systems, whatever it is that you've built in your life that gives you control and helps you know what's next seems to have been taken away. And like God did through the angel with Mary, I believe he wants to say some things today that will bring order. Not necessarily to your circumstance, but order where it matters, where it matters most, in your heart and your soul. It will, it will bring you peace, bring you confidence as you head off into whatever he has in store for you next. And, and just two things. First thing is this. You're favored. You are favored. We don't really speak of each other in those kinds of terms very often. So let's just unpack that for a second. When the, the Bible talks about how you're, you're favored, when the angel comes along and says, you're favored to Mary, what he's saying, what the angel's saying is that the blessing of God is on you. He loves you. He is for you. And although you can't see it now, the work that he's doing in you that's going to spring out of this disruption is going to be a good and it's going to be a beautiful thing. And, and how could Mary have possibly known that moment where the angel is speaking to her that this major disruption that's going to happen in her life, how could she have possibly known what that was going to lead to? It wasn't only going to lead to the salvation of her soul. It was going to lead to the salvation of millions of souls, including ours. She couldn't have known. She, she simply has to submit to God's plan and do something that we find so hard to do, just simply trust. Trust that His way, trust that His order, trust how He's reordering things is, is the best. And I love that the angel started with this line. You are favored. The very first thing the angel said, you're, you're favored. Now, why would the angel start there? Why start on that, that point? I think it's because, you know, our tendency is to lose sight of that in the middle of major disruption and chaos in our lives. We forget that we're favored. In fact, in those moments of disruption where the, the, the world around us is, is spinning out of control, it would seem, we often sometimes go to the place of, of thinking that God has, has abandoned us, that He's left us, that we're no longer favored, that somehow we've fallen out of favor with God, and, and now He's just kind of washing His hands off. He, he just doesn't care anymore. But nothing could be further from the truth. He, he has not forgotten you. He has not abandoned you. You are favored. You're favored. And wherever you're at today, you need to know that. 
You are favored. The blessing of God is on your life. Even in the disruption, the blessing of God is on your life. Second thing is this. He, he, not only are you favored, but he's with you. The angel comes along and say, says, hey, he's, he's going to be with you. And if Jesus is with you, then you have, this is what this means. It means you have all the strength you need to get through this. You have all the wisdom you need to know what to, what to do next. You have all the grace you need when you are overcome in those moments of fe with fear and doubt. You have all the peace you need when your heart becomes anxious and unsettled. That's what it means when the Bible says that Jesus is with you. Because He is our peace. He is our joy. He is our wisdom. He is our vision. He is our direction. And when you have Jesus with you, everything is going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And in the end, what, what, th what this means is that, that if he's with you and if you're favored, then any disruption, if it's a disruption that he's bringing into your life, you know what that means? It's actually, it's not a curse, it's a gift. It's a gift. Of course, in the middle of it, the last thing it seems like is a gift. Mary's not jumping up and down like she's just received the best news of her life. But when she held that little baby, when she watched as Jesus grew up, and as he transformed one life after another life after another life, what a gift that disruption became to her and to so many people. Every God-sent disruption will always bring us back to the same question. It's the same question that Mary had to answer, and it's the same question that every single one of us, whenever we, we have these moments of disruption where God is in that and he's reordering things, well, the question that we'll have to answer is God coming along and, and saying, hey, do you trust me? Do you trust me? Do you trust me? And when, when in those moments we can respond to God with, God, I, I don't know what is going on here. I don't understand the disruptions. I don't understand the upheaval. I don't understand how I thought life was going to go this way, but now it's all of a sudden going this way. When in those moments we, we, we can see them as a gift, that disruption can actually become the, the door through which we invite God into our disordered, chaotic, don't have it all together lives. And I don't, I don't know where you're at today. Maybe someone in the room is just going, man, I don't really feel like there's any kind of disruptions happening in my life. Just wait. <laughs> we live in a broken world, and we, it, it, they'll come. They will come. Maybe there's somebody here that's going, yeah, my life is just completely disrupted. I don't, even, I don't know if it's a God disruption. I don't know if it's a disruption that the enemy's brought in. I don't know if it's just living in a broken world kind of disruption. I don't know. But, but God, is, God is, is inviting you to, to let that disruption become the door through which you invite his, his spirit to come into your life and, and bring peace, to bring his order, to bring his way, to bring his joy, to bring his love. He wants to work through that. And, and I just would love to pray with us this morning as we wrap up this series. And, and I just encourage you, as, as, as we close in prayer this morning, just to allow the Holy Spirit to be speaking to you. Maybe there's an area that He, he, he has been trying to reorder in your life, and you've been looking at the, the, disru the disruption and the chaos, and you've been pushing and fighting it, and God's just saying, hey, I— I want to work through that to bring you back to myself. I want to work through that to, to bring my way into your life. 
And I, I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us as we, as we close in prayer this morning. So just let him speak to you this morning. Heavenly Father, um, Lord, it's, it can be so hard, Jesus, to look at disruptions in our lives and see them as a gift. God, because we, we just, we, we have our way of doing things. God, we have our, our, God, way of just putting our lives together. And God, we just, we, we sometimes fight so much to just keep control and keep things predictable and keep things organized and keep all of our ducks in a row. And God, just keep our circumstances on the, on the calm, on the down low. But God, you've never been interested in, and simply giving us circumstances that are comfortable and safe and easy. God, you've always been after our hearts. You've always been after our souls from day one. And Father, I pray, Lord, that, that God, if, if you're bringing disruption to our lives, God, to, to reorder our lives and our hearts around you, Jesus, I pray, Lord, that we would be people that are quick to simply say yes and, and to listen to your spirit speaking through that disruption. God, help us to be able to clear away the, the, the noise. God, to be able to just quiet our souls and, and say, Lord, I don't know what's going on. I don't know why the disruption's even here, but, but Lord, what do you want to do in me? Lord, how do you want to change me? How do you want to speak to me and make me more like you and make my way more aligned with your way? God, how do you want to speak and, and work in me? And Jesus, I just want to invite you, Lord, I want to invite your Holy Spirit, Lord, here in this moment. God, today on this Pentecost Sunday where we just celebrate, remember that, that your Holy Spirit is here, is with us, is stirring, is moving, is active. Lord, I just invite your Holy Spirit, God, to speak to us in this moment. Lord, is there a way, God, that you are wanting to reorder our lives around your order, around your way? Just in this moment, let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Let him speak to you in this moment. Maybe he's been nudging you as, as I've been preaching this morning. Maybe as the worship has been, we've been singing, he's been nudging you. Don't dismiss that. Don't dismiss that. God speaks through that quiet, gentle whisper. God, is there some way that you are wanting to reorder our hearts and our lives around you? God, would you speak to us this morning? Maybe it's in a relationship. God, maybe it's with a, a, just a way, that, a, a pattern of thinking that we've developed. God, maybe it's how we, we are in our workplace, our school. God, is there some way, God, that you want to reorder our lives around your way? Would you speak to us today? Speak to us today. And Heavenly Father, this morning, I just want to ask that you would you would bring peace to hearts. God, you would bring joy to hearts. You would bring direction and wisdom. God, as, 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 God, there's different ones that are in the middle of disruption. God, right now, I pray, God, that in, in that place, God, that you would lead them. God, that you would come and speak to them. God, remind them how favored they are. Remind them how much you love them, how much you care for them. God, remind them, Jesus, that you're with them. God, I pray that you would just silence the voice of the enemy that would say you're abandoned. God does not care for you. God, silence that voice, and God, let your voice be loud and clear today that you love, you love us, and you care about us, and you are with us. You're with us. God, I pray that you would help us to walk in your way, to help 
Help us to, to order our lives around you. God, that, may we, that we may know you more, that we may be more like you. I pray all this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen.